Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. With me this week is Erickson. It's clobbering time. Wow. You're so, coming in hot and heavy. I, it was a big week for wrestling fans. It, I was going to say something about Sweet Aunt Petunia, but... Oh. We were crossing, we're crossing references here. Yeah. CM Punk and came back. He did so, come back. He did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if my dad's watched it yet. All of my wrestling knowledge about what's happening in any capacity uh, is basically just secondhand through my dad. All right. I just started recording, Marie. That's fine. I'll let her out in a second. <laughs> Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Good. Do you want to tell the people about some stuff about the podcast while I let the dogs out? Yeah. Well, the podcast. <laughs> Find it on all your favorite podcast places subscribe to the youtube join the patreon get up on there it's been a long week <laughs> honestly don't think i could have done much better myself at this point hey so i try i try it's all good it's fine man um yeah patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast i'm out of breath at my bourbon pod on all social media channels. And uh, that's it. Let's get into the show. All right, let's do it. Oh, also, this is important. Uh, we're doing our second official pick for the podcast this week. Mm. And it's going to be at Wilderness Trail. If you want to have a crack at it, uh, an early crack at it before it gets released to the public, patreon.com slash podcast. I definitely slurred most of those words. And I have not had anything to drink yet. So <laughs> It's all good. I know what you meant. I yeah. can tell what you meant. Thank you. The links are all in the description below. Eric, we normally start the show out with flying blind. How about a blind you with a thing? Do it. Blind me. All right. So this, uh, you know that this is a bullet pick. I saw the bottle. I don't know anything else about it. Though. Yeah, you don't know where it came from. Ooh. We got a lot of stuff that we're just going to be kind of drinking this week and talking about. Yeah. And less, less so like news and whatnot but i do think we have a few topics that we kind of want to cover based on what's on the table well my first thought of this it smells like four roses well daggone it <laughs> i mean there's like there's no mistaking this no 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 you're absolutely it's right crazy like, so it's probably i have several bullet picks and this may be the most floral one that i've smelled absolutely It smells almost floral and pink bubble gum. Absolutely. It's it's very like double bubble. Do yeah. Bubble gum. It's got the it's got the little sugar powder over top of it. Mm -hmm. It tastes really good too. I say that a lot. <laughs> That's an important part of bourbon, mm. I would say. So you're 100% right. This is a Four Roses. Uh, it's 12 years old. Okay. And it's supposed to be their high rye mash bill. I can see that. Um, it tastes a little, there's a little bit more baking spice and like almost some cinnamon on the palate. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the nose, which was very, I thought it was, I, if it if it matched the nose, I thought it was going to be more candy-like, a little lighter, but it's it's got a 
good finish too. Like yeah, a lot of baking spices on the finish. Brown sugar and cinnamon, tons of it. Sorry, I'm also just refresh, refreshing the Spider-Man fan page to make sure there's no new information that's it's a big day. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a little excited, but I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. So who picked this? Uh, this is Total Wine. Oh, our our local Total Wine over here in Hamburg. Did Swan or Extra Crispy have a hand in this? One? I do not know. I don't think Swan did. Um, but I'm like half sure that that Chad had something to do with it. That's good. But yeah, I, I really enjoy those picks. Honestly, like I don't think that people don't talk about them a whole lot. But I think if you are a fan of Especially a fan of Four Roses, it's a good way to get something a little different. Yeah, and and it's not. I mean, Four Roses picks never really skew high in proof, right? And bullet picks are always one hundred and four, so it's basically a cheaper way to get a Four Roses pick at what is pretty much what it would have been anyway had it gone into a Four Roses bottle, and it's not always a Four Roses barrel. Sometimes it's MGP. Sometimes it's Brown Foreman. I've got a 12-year Brown Foreman pick yeah. that is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. I got it from Justin South Suburban. Uh, somebody said they were going to send me a... Oh, it was Brian from uh, Entry Proof Podcast. He said he was going to send me a sample of the 13-year Elijah Craig pick that Justin's did. That sounds really good. So We might have to do that. We need to get them on the podcast, by the way, Drew and Brian. They're awesome. I've been on their uh, the Drew P. Whiskey uh, live stream on YouTube as well. So we need to circle back around and kind of get people yeah. on the show. The more the merrier. Absolutely. Eric, what have you been drinking recently? Um, well, it's it was recently my birthday. Um, yes, it was. Happy late birthday again. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. I feel like everybody has an August birthday. A lot of us do. You do. A lot of us do. Do you know any? Our friend Grease does. Grease does indeed. Uh Um, There's several other people too. Um, Was it somebody in our group chat? I feel like like, maybe like Todd. Yeah, Heather had her birthday right before mine. Todd actually did too. Yeah. Like right after mine, I think. My uh, youngest son is the day after mine. So, Um, but. You know, I was trying to think of something, you know, you always want to have like a birthday pour. Yeah. And, you know, I've got some samples of birthday bourbon. I've, I think I actually, I have one bottle of birthday bourbon, but I was like, I just didn't want to do that. It's, I So looking through everything, I just grabbed like five single barrels that people that I'm, I've met through whiskey picked. I was like, I just want to drink some picks for my friends. So I had Rifmus, mm-hmm. you know, you guys, uh, you and Swan and uh, Adam picked that one. Then I and, had... And Curtis. Curtis. Well, Curtis, Curtis was on that on one too? too. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a uh, podcast uh, MGP rye pick. The, uh, I think it's Staves and Grain is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, Will and Grease and Casey, uh, he picked that one. Um, oh, did he? Mm-hmm. That's he helped awesome. that. And then uh, I had a Merrick Inn um, Eagle Rare pick that uh, um, Dex and I think Casey helped with that one as well. He did. Um, what else did I had? I had a Dad's Drinking Bourbon pick, uh, the uh, uh, Smoked Turkey. You know, John and uh, Zeke picked that one. 
And then I had a um, Wrestling with Whiskey. Uh, buddy Matt from Wrestling with Whiskey, he picked that one. It was a untitled art. It's a weeded, like a 12-year or 10-year weeded, finished in some kind of barrel. I don't even remember what it was. It's just really good. It, t- it reminds me of rhubarb. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll have to let you try he, that one sometime. He still has not texted me. Oh, get on there, Matt. Matt. Um, so, yeah, I just had... I've just been going through some single barrels especially ones of from people i know that picked them so awesome um i got to go up to columbus this past weekend my weekend was not really (laughs) very restful i mean i had some good good times uh but i was all over the place i went up to columbus to the high bank distillery helped select essentially what would be a a single barrel that would be available to uh, our buddy Josh Epperson and this conference that he is going to be a part of next year in Columbus for a bunch of engineers. Uh, It's like a national conference, too. Uh, By the way, High Bank Distillery is doing some of the most unique stuff with early, excuse me, not early, but with young product that I have ever seen. They have this double-double barrel of what started out with, I think, like a two-year-old bourbon. The second barrel it went into, it was in for a year and a half. And then the third barrel, it went in for another six or seven Triple months. barrel? Yeah. Oh, wow. So double-double oaked. Double-double. Okay. Yeah. Phenomenal. Nice. At cast strength. And how old was, did the end product end up being? End product is just over four years. Oh, that's awesome. It's terrific. Absolutely terrific. I saw the pictures you posted uh, in the chat. It was, uh, it looked awesome. Like, yeah. I, I, I love visiting all the different distilleries. And it's always, it's hard to find different ones for, to visit. Because I feel like we are right here around everything, the main ones. Yeah. So we have to almost travel a while to get to something new or different. Well, I'll tell you one that's not too far away, but is pr- not radically different, but they have a different experience from what most distilleries have. Three Boys in Frankfurt. Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of it. I've never been there. So everything that they have right now is sourced. Of course, they're doing the same craft thing that everybody does. Yeah. And they're working on getting their own distillate out. But they have this great great experience where you go in they have five barrels laid out on the ground you thief from each of them and get to taste them that way oh then if you like any of them enough you can bottle it yourself and take it home with nice so it it's you know you can get in like two fifth or excuse me 200 375s or 750s uh and it's all kind of priced accordingly but um it's it's just a super unique experience. There's nowhere really that's doing something like that. Uh, I mean, there's like a couple that, you know, offer one barrel that you can pull from, Michter's Bluegrass Distillers. Yeah. But this is like... This is a, your own barrel pick. Pretty much. Yeah. That nobody else really has unless, yeah. I mean, of course, somebody thieves from the same barrel that you did. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still, you know, completely uncut, completely unfiltered. Uh, I I had a tour with somebody recently with a group recently who went up there and the the bottle that they filled was so dark. I mean, it was so murky looking, (laughs) but I mean, it was like, it was cool because I mean, that's something that you can just pull out of your collection and say, 
you're never going to have anything like this again. And if you do, it's because you've gone to the distillery, of course. But um, if you hear my dog Marie in the background on the recording, everything's fine. There's not a dog fighting ring in the backyard. That's just how she likes to interact with the neighbor dogs. Perry Russell escaped. Perry Russell. Um, buddy, we're pulling for you, man. We hope you get that 40 minutes. We're, we're really... Look, more about that's on the Patreon pregame chats, but we're, we're going to be setting up a, a, a rescue fund, maybe, in the future for Perry Russell. But we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about our buddy soon. It's okay. Everything's fine. We just we need to work through some things. It's okay. Warehouse X is a, a crazy place. It's scary. It smells weird, but not for why you would think. That's a good way to put it. Can we pour, can we drink something else? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so you for your birthday on your birthday, uh-huh. made a little trick trick trip up. I made a skateboard trick up. You made a trick. The easy E <laughs> is this your card? <laughs> How'd you pull that out of my nose? Where did that come from? <laughs> I did. I made a trip up to New Riff. You did. I had a I had reserved uh, one of the six year uh, malted rise. Mm-hmm. And I just never had a chance to go. And so they sent me a reminder. And I was like, well, I'm off off work on my birthday. So I went up there and visited a, um, Party Source, picked up my bottle, um, went to Cork and Bottle, and got some got a couple of interesting things, I think. You did. You did. Uh, do you want to... I say we go for the, uh, the dusty one. Yeah. First. I got a decanter, a Jim Beam decanter. Um, it was, I looked it up. It was 1979. And it's kind of creepy. I it, forgot about it. It's got a. I've I've got it in a different bottle now because I filtered it out. But it's got a music box on the bottom of it, and it it's kind of scary. And I think the character is from Shakespeare. That's on it. What was the name on it? Uh, starts with the F, maybe. I can't remember. Let me see. Findle? <laughs> Findel? Uh, it must be Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, then. All I can think of is Fandrel from Norse mythology. Falstaff. F A L S T A F F. That's the character. I don't know what that's from. Oh. I thought it was something to do with Shakespeare. <laughs> I was looking it up to try to get the. It's like an eight-year, 80-proof decanter that plays music. Uh, Sir John Falstaff is a fictional character who appears in three plays by William Shakespeare and is eulogized in a fourth. His significance as a fully developed character is primarily formed in the plays Henry IV, Part One and Part Two, where he is companion to Prince Hal, the future King Henry V of England. He was also in The Merry Wives of Windsor. Windsor excuse me. So, there you go. Now I gotta let the dog back in. Ooh, this has it opened up well? This smells I have one other decanter that was from 69, I believe. It was funky. And it is weird. This one. This smells really good. This smells like Oh, snap. That barely smells dusty. It smells very 
Berry Berry. Have you tried this yet? I have not. This was the... I was waiting to bring it over. Yeah, I filtered it out, put it in a uh, Booker's bottle that I had, and here we are. So, so I think it smells better than it tastes. Uh oh, it's got it's got a little it's got a weird finish. <laughs> the face that Perry's making right now. Uh oh, <laughs> it finishes like nail polish. It doesn't start out great. I I, I caught the funk at the end, and it's not a good funk at all. Buddy. Falstaff <laughs> failed me. It smells great, though. It does. I don't know if I can take another drink of that. This is the trick. This is, this is how you play a trick on somebody right here. You get this decanter, and you have them smell it, and then say, this is great, and then you have them take a drink of it, and it, it tastes like... What is that? There's something specific that I'm getting other than the nail polish. Well, it tastes very sour. Yeah. I'll say that much. Um... It's almost like if lemon lime soft drink could turn. Oh, it's almost like you've left it sitting outside for a little while in the can, and then you're like, oh, I'm really thirsty, and you grab it, and you're like, this is not what yeah. I needed. I think this is the first instance I have ever encountered of a decanter having soured a bourbon. Well, I guess the music box did it. <laughs> It's music box poison. It's got to. It's got to either be Metallica or nothing. Yes, <laughs> this is not the way to age your whiskey. You definitely did it wrong, Falstaff. Dude, it's that not is good at all. That is rough. Well, it's there. If anybody ever wants to try it, you come over to my place. Smells great. I guess I'll taste like molded lime and nail polish. I. I guess I'll finish that. Ugh. That's oh my gosh! That's I brutal. I can't do any more of that either. <laughs> that's really bad. Well, I've got a good piece to put on the shelf, and it's creepy and eerie. And I love the music box aspect of it. I think that's so unique. Because I, I mean, I've never seen a decanter that that has that before, or really any bourbon. I'll uh. I'll uh, send a, I'll send Perry a picture or a video, and you can put it up on the uh, uh, Instagram or something to show people. I could always put up that video that you had where you made like a real sour face yeah. about the yeah. I was like, oh, I, it was the first. It was the first time I uh, I didn't um, turn the music box in the store. I just took it, and mm -hmm. when I got home, I did that, and like my kids were like, "What in the world is that?" Like I don't even know if they want to come down in the basement anymore because it's down there. <laughs> they think it's hurt. It's like cursed. It's like yeah. It's, they've watched. They haven't watched enough scary movies. They they only know the the creepy dolls and stuff. So that's what they uh, associate it with. I guess I gotta shoot the rest of this. I still got a whole half. I a mean, day. I will not. I will not be upset if you did not. I don't drink think that. I can do it, man. I'm so sorry. No, I only. I'm glad I only had a little bit in my glass because I poured way too good. much for myself. Honestly, it, it was not great. Let's try this. That uh, you also picked up. Yeah, for me, I got you a, um, a Rebel Cask Strength pick from yes. uh, Party Source. So 
you you were texting me about going up there, and the night before, Chad had slipped me a couple of samples of their um, Luxro picks. They did a Rebel cast strength and an Ezra Brooks cast strength. I thought the Rebel was incredible. And so I was like, if you can get a full bottle, I'm going to have to try it. America. Ooh, that's a good little pop. I mean, what are they? 120 proof, the cast strength ones? 120 proof. That's awesome. Like, I, anything higher in proof, Rebel, like, I'm all for it. So this is something that I wanted to have a little bit of a conversation about this week. Um, and it's kind of something we, we talk about the state of single barrel picks often on the show. And I think that it's kind of a constantly changing world, a constantly changing field. And I don't think that there's ever going to be a quote unquote shortage or a time where we just kind of stop seeing single barrel picks. This is evidence of that, I would say, because these are two new single barrel options yeah. for people at cast strength as well. I mean, technically, I don't think it's really cast strength. You know, there's no way that everything is coming right out of the barrel exactly at 120. But the old picks, the older picks were 100 proof, 104. I think so. Something like that. I think so. Um, what I like about this, though. In contrast to the other single barrel pick that we have on, the, well, one of the other single barrel picks on the table, um, this is very low key, right? Yeah, it's a very unassuming pick. No stickers, no wax, no thing that might turn people away from picking up a bottle. <laughs> I haven't smelled this yet. What do you think about the nose? Oh, it smells great. Does it? You can tell it's weeded. Like, it's got that sweet, sweet. Yeah. I always get like a, like kind of like a strawberry, cherry, um, red fruit nose on weeded uh, bourbons. And it smells like a, a turnover. It smells like a cherry turnover. So I'm just now realizing that I didn't talk about the other uh, thing that I did this weekend um, after the high bank. Oh, yeah. You had a good weekend. <laughs> I also went down to the Beaumont Inn. For uh, my my brother's getting married in October, and we uh, had been talking for a while about doing like a guys trip with me, my dad, and my brother to the Beaumont and doing a tasting with Dixon and just hanging out and everything. And he did a pseudo whiskey in the box. I saw you post that, and I said he dago he did the whiskey in a box with Perry. He did it. He did it to us. He blinded us. With an early '80s Colonel Lee light whiskey, that How was, was that? funky as heck, but in the best way possible. <laughs> I mean, way better than this <laughs> beam decanter crap that you <laughs> sullied my doorway with. Um, no, it was incredible. Uh, they got the um, the the spiel that he likes to give about where you taste rye bourbons versus weeded bourbons mm -hmm. on your palate. Uh, it's something that, you know, my dad had never considered my brother, especially because he's not as much of a bourbon drinker as we are, as evidenced by the fact that he felt so good after the tasting and into the morning 
afterwards as well. Um, we'll just say there was a hard cutoff of 9.30 p.m. <laughs> uh, to the point where I wound up on the front porch at the Beaumont drinking and smoking cigars by myself. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but... Sounds like a good... Hey, some of the... Some of my favorite times are just when everything's just quiet and it's just me. Oh, it was it was chilling. me. It was me hanging. The cicadas were making a bunch of noise in the background, and I was just listening to music. That's awesome. It was right on the money. There was a guy who walked out of the Beaumont, and like he was staying there, and you know we exchanged pleasantries and everything. And I was like, I've got you know bourbon and cigars if you want to come hang out. He was like. We went on like two distillery tours today. Are you going to be here tomorrow when I'm less drunk? <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm only going to be here tonight, man. He's like, well, see ya. <laughs> isn't that, I was thinking about this the other day. Isn't that funny when like you get to where, you know, you're used to drinking high proof bourbon and yeah. having a couple pours and you, you know, we feel fine. Yeah. Um. So my brother-in-law came over uh, for the weekend for, you know, the birthdays and everything and like, he wanted to know what, you know, what's the difference between those two bottles? They were Russell's Reserve. You know, why do you have two of them? Well, they were single barrels. And so I gave him the little spill and he had just a little bit of each. And he was like, I, I'm duh. I can't do that anymore. Like it's so you forget what it's like before you were able to tolerate that, yeah. I guess you would say. And that makes me think of that, like, oh, I went on a distillery tour. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm done for the day. And I mean, like, you know, again, my brother doesn't really drink that much. So, you know, we probably had a grand total of about three ounces during the tasting. But two of them were 114 proof. Yeah. One was 120. And, you know. If you're not ready for it, if it's not what you're used to, it's going to knock you out. Get ready. I got him. This is so funny. I I was super, super worried about him just because, like, you know, he was getting sick and, you know, I wanted to make sure that he was comfortable and okay before I went. Good, a good brother. Yeah. And he, uh, he and I had been quoting, um, I think you should leave, which I told you mm -hmm. about last week. And like one of the last things he said before I left was a quote from that. And he's still just delirious drunk and like throwing up and feeling bad and everything. And I was like, you still maintain your sense of humor. And that's what I like about you, kid. <laughs> but so dad and I go out on the front porch. We're down there for maybe 10 minutes. And all of a sudden the front door of the Beaumont Inn opens. And here comes my little brother with the biggest grin on his face, just absolutely cheesing it up like i'm back boys <laughs> round two <laughs> round two but he didn't drink anything else he just sat there he's in just silence back. he's just back he just sat there in silence for 10 minutes and then went back up to bed <laughs> hey hey at least he did that <laughs> and i got i got back up to bed and he stirred a little bit and said another quote from the show and then fell right back asleep i was like you're a trooper bud you're a real trooper did uh did Dixon wear sunglasses and a cowboy hat? When he, he did not. Oh. No, he was. I I will say I will say this. I was so happy to see him. The last time I had seen him was before Eden was born. It's been a while. So all, pretty much a year. Yeah. At this point, 
which just, I mean, to have gone from seeing him every couple of months, you know, before the pandemic to, yeah. you know, <laughs> the first, the first time since COVID last year, you know, was in August or September. And then now middle of August, practically end of August of this year, it was wild. He's a fun but guy. I've, he's I've, he's I've, wonderful. I've met him. I met him once, and it was it was fun. He was very honored by your comment about oh. whiskey in a box. Hey, how that I love whiskey in a box. One of my favorite things. It was the first thing I told him when we sat down. Other than you know, I was happy to see him. Yeah, everything. but it was the first thing I told him when we sat down. Well, when I saw that picture, I was like, oh. I just pointed. I was. It's like the meme where DiCaprio's DiCaprio, pointing. Yeah. I was like, the box. <laughs> Perry's got the box. What's in the box? What's you, in the box? Oh, you're you go crossing to memes yeah, now? Yeah, now I'm going yeah. to seven. No. Anyway. Um, what do you think about this Rebel pick? Dude, have you tasted this yet? Yeah, it's it, weird. It, I, I, I don't know if this is just me. I could, I could swear this is 130 proof. Like, I know it's 120, but it tastes way higher than that to me. It definitely doesn't smell like the, it, it would mm. be that hot. No, the nose is so tame and like just, like I said, like a turnover. And then when you taste it, this thing, it lets you know it's there. Like you immediately feel it. It's good. It almost tastes a little bit, um, I would say it's got some chocolate on it. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of brown sugar and cinnamon. It's it's almost it tastes darker than the nose, I guess you could oh, say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It it's it's almost like you made like a like a wild berry pie and you went a little too overboard with the sugar and the cinnamon well, the, yeah. on it. Almost like you got some like the cinnamon and everything around the crust, around the edges, it's a little burnt. Yeah. Um but then you still you still get those berries in there as mm-hmm. well. Now this is I like this. Maybe it's because we just went coming from poop in a bottle over there. <laughs> <laughs> Eight year decanter poo. Um, but Calcified. Is, Never mind. Uh, this is good. <laughs> I I like this quite a bit. This helped curb the uh, the issues that we had. But and it's such a good value too. Like oh, I that was one of the things I wanted to bring up too. I mean, at this proof, this is basically cornering the market on barrel-proof weeded bourbons. Yeah, I mean, you're not makers is not going to have even their you know their cast strength no. makers. That's you know one ten or whatever. Um, foolproof, I mean, it's one fourteen. But you're not going to get any higher than that. That's what I'm saying. Like you know? this is a hundred twenty proof weeded. Yeah, I, I mean, like larceny barrel-proof. Has gotten over 120. Yeah, but it, it it's not exactly easy to find. I I would put I would put this pick up against any of the three or four batches of Larceny Barrel Proof that I've had. Yeah, I would too. That have came out. Like, and and honestly, I think this would be a clear winner. Oh yeah, between all of them, because mm-hmm. I I mean I've just not been impressed with the the Larceny Barrel Proof batches so far. No, but I, I mean. It's still a fairly new product, and I'm sure it's going to change, you know, in the in the near future. But I want to I want to kind of go back to talking about how this is an unassuming, classy looking bottle. Yeah, 
This is a great display piece. I think this looks so nice. The label is really, really high class, high end design. And it's, this to me could be something that you could break out for somebody who says, you know, I just love Weller and I hate that you can't get it anymore. It's like, but here's a really good alternative. Mm -hmm. That's a much better value for your money. And it was, and I even, I was, I was eavesdropping on one of the, one of the, um, people that worked at party source when there were, I was looking at these and there was a guy and he was asking about, he said he liked maker's mark and he liked Weller. What could I get instead? And I was like, I wanted to go over there and be like, she, she was kind of talking about larceny and different things like that. You know, the normal stuff. And I'm like, you have this pick right here. Like tell this guy to get this pick, like sell this pick to this guy. And like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, overstep my boundaries or anything but it was just one of those moments where like that was the perfect time to hand that guy the the rebel pick and Mm -hmm. here you go and i mean if i know that this says like special limited edition or whatever on the top of the label but i mean this is a good way to try to get this pick sold so that you can do more of it in the future yeah right show everybody that there is a a good market for it and that you should be going back and are you know do you know if all the picks going forward with Ezra and Rebel are they all going to be cast strength or is this I, I just hope a, so yeah I, I hope th- so you know it, it's you know what's weird though is that they all dropped at the same time mm-hmm. and I don't know why that is like you think that they would kind of stagger their releases so that you know people could try a couple say oh i like this i'd like to get more but instead like in one week everybody's getting theirs yeah how is that a viable business uh, business model i don't know i mean nobody's gonna have that well, okay somebody's gonna have that much money at one time to pick up everything i guess you just hope that maybe they are spread out enough to where it's like oh i'll buy you know, I really like this one, this store's pick. I'll buy this one on this paycheck, and then maybe two weeks later, I got a you know, I can go buy another store's pick if they're left. Yeah, but you run the risk of, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. You if know, they're you left. might you might not know that there are going to be, you know, bottles still left of it and whatnot. But I guess we should now turn <laughs> to the uh, much more assuming bottle on the table. And this also brings up something that we had talked about recently with our buddy Adam Terry discussing the mutilation rules that have been introduced <laughs> by distilleries and how this is a real good example of maybe think once or twice about what you're doing, hey? <laughs> yeah. If you... If you were around Lexington this past weekend, there was a certain Knob Creek pick that dropped. And, I mean, I don't even... I don't know if I should even say what the sticker and the wax all is about. Like, maybe that should that's more on the Patreon. But it's a very... It's a Knob Creek pick, and they use the word knob in a very... Sexualized, sexualized way. way and they use the picture and there's white white wax on top of this bottle 
And I think this is a good indication that we do need to implement some <laughs> rules about yes. bottle mutilation. Listen, I love, okay, I know people say tatered out and all this stuff. I love stickers. I do like, too. And I, honestly, I this does not bother me that much. It is a it, lot. Personally, it doesn't bother me. I think it's, I think it's thinking that, you know... I bring if I brought this bottle into my house, I have kids, you know, and I I don't hide my bourbon from them. Like they like learning about it. I've took them to distilleries before. So they they're always curious like, "Hey dad, what's that?" and you know this. I could not bring this in my kitchen and set it down no. and let them see it. And that's the only thing about it. Personally, it doesn't offend me or anything like that, but I could see some people not being into it. And I think that that you know, say what you want. That would keep. Sorry, the blanket monster has come out <laughs> for the day. That would that could keep people from buying the pick. Or well, that's that could... yeah, that's the thing. I, I I think that we're we're at a weird crossroads where we all kind of agree that bourbon is not the same game that it used to be, right? It's not the old man's drink the way that it was in the '60s and '70s. People have not all ages, but of appropriate ages are indulging and it's become more and more popular. But with that popularity, it is also more visible to the public eye. Right. Right. I mean, there was one pick, excuse me, one release that I went to at Liquorborn and we had gotten our, our tickets or our numbers or whatever. And I really had to pee because I had been up since, you know, 2 a.m., and I'd been waiting in line just to get this this number so that my my spot was guaranteed. And I walked over to the Walgreens that was right there. And I I went in and the the cashier was like, What are you doing over at Liquor Barn this early? And I was like, It's for a bourbon release. She was like, Well, we got bourbon in the cabinet over here. I was like, it's not quite the same thing. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, they are aware enough. To say something to that effect means that people are conscious of how popular it is right now, especially in Lexington, especially in central Kentucky. And if you are going so far as to make a label like this, a sticker like this for your pick, I think you do have to question what you what you're doing. Yeah. And why you're you're doing it. Um, and I just, it's one of those things like there was a, there was a new riff pick. Everybody's heard about it before, but people hear about this. They don't understand like the whole like single barrel, like, you know, customizing pick, uh, stickers and all that. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to get that knob Creek that has that controversial sticker on it. You know, that, you know, they don't understand that that's not knob Creek technically doing that. Yeah. That's a good point. That, yeah, because it does it, it with without the the knowledge of you know what this actually means, people could go, "How would Big Bourbon ever allow this to happen?" Right. Well, that's the thing. It's not that they're allowing it to happen; they just don't know any other way. So, I was at New Rift doing a pick not too long after the Rift Patino incident happened. Y'all, you can look that up if you want to, if you haven't, you don't know. And they legitimate, we kind of asked them about it and it was, they had to 
make different, like, I can't remember what they said, but anyway, they had to have people, like, dealing with the phone lines nonstop mm-hmm. between people that were mad at them and between people wanting it. And they were trying to explain, like, this was, you know, this was not actual new riff doing this. It was, uh, you know, somebody else. So I don't know. I, I want I want to I want stickers and like fun wax and all that to continue because I really like that. I love when like superheroes and like, you know, the people who picked it are on the bottle. I love that kind of stuff, but I just hate that you know, that's one step closer to, you know, Knob Creek making a rule that says, Hey, you can't put a sticker on this anymore. Yeah. Well and it, you know, you're you're right that it does give distilleries more incentive to prevent stuff like this from happening, which in turn keeps distilleries if if these stickers do continue, and it's not all that bad. I really again, it really does not bother me that <laughs> no. much. But I do think that there is a line that has to be towed. And in this instance, you are doing yourself almost a disservice to the point of people looking at it and going, I'm not picking that up, right. even if it is a great pick. This is a great pick. It, despite it is a every, really yeah. solid single hey, barrel. You all picked a great one. I may not I may not agree with everything else, but it's it's very good. Yeah. So, it, and, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice at that point, and to a degree, you're kind of doing a disservice to the distillery for a couple of reasons. One... People might be turned away from the fact that, you know, this is a bottle that is potentially, you know, available to me. Could be really good, but I'm not going to pick it up because of how they might view that distillery. Yeah. Two, the distillery might not want you to come back and do another pick. Right. So it's a business decision that you have really just kind of punted on. So... Despite everything, though, it is good. Still a great pick. Still a great pick. Maybe make a, a just plain hide it from your kids. A, yeah, hide it from. This is not one that you want to put on the the main shelf or in the uh, kitchen. Maybe make a maybe make half half of them plain and half of them this. Yeah. Then you know, give them the option to put the sticker on if they want. Yeah. E- either way, maybe not the wax. No. I think the wax is what. Put it just over the edge. That's the thing. I think the wax is that <laughs> they went that extra step yeah. to put that on there. Yeah. Um, but hey, we're talking about it. It's so. their prerogative. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's capitalism, baby. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Speaking of single barrels, though, we should do a review. You want to review one? We I got s- one that we haven't had. Neither one of us has had. Yeah, you just cracked this. You just bought it up. Did you buy it at uh, Cork and Keg, or did you buy it Party at... Source. Party Source. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, that's yeah. right. So I, I was, yeah, I was in Party Source. I was texting Perry about the Rebel Picks, and they started bringing all these boxes in. I was like, ooh, I'm here at the right time. I don't know what it is, but, you know, here's some boxes. They're putting the display out, and it's the uh, Rabbit Hole Single Barrels. Um, so I went ahead and got one. It took, I went back and forth on it. I won't lie because this is a party source was charging like $90 for this. Yeah. I think I've seen it more other places, but at the same time, I was like, this is the first rollout of single barrel 
picks from Rabbit Hole. Yeah. I was like, you know, either way, the artwork on the bottle's great. There was a lot of reservation in your voice when you were telling me that you were going to pick it up. Yeah. Or that you had picked it up. Well, I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot a f- of money to there me. There were a few ums before you came out and said that you got it. Yeah. I just, you know, when it crosses that like $50, $60 mark, I'm always, I'm always hesitant, especially something I've never had. Yeah. I've only had, and I've only had a few different pours of rabbit hole period. Yeah. So this is basically brand new for me. And um, so we opened it during the pregame. I, neither one of us smelled it. Just mm-hmm. opened the um, cork, let it air out a little bit. And here it is. So this is their high gold expression which i believe is that their weeded or is that their high rye you know I... well you go ahead and pour yours and i'll look i'll look it up real quick um this is part of the alice series as well which has all of the different not all of the different characters but a bunch of different characters from alice in wonderland uh in this really unique really like, cool like art, art style yeah. Watercolors, um, I think. Yeah, depicting the the, the characters. This one is um, the rabbit. What's the name of the rabbit? Uh, the, all, I, all I can think of is the rabbit who's late, which is a terrible name for a... Is he called the hare or something like that? I don't, uh, what, I don't know. Either way, the rabbit is on a skateboard, and I said, if I'm going to get one, I'm getting the rabbit on the skateboard because it looks awesome. <laughs> That's uh, It's very you. It's got orange. I like orange. He's got an orange jacket on. And it is indeed a uh, a high rye. High so rye. So 103.55 proof. Uh, oh, bottle 15 out of two, 216. This label is tripping me out. It's like they didn't print the, the text right on top of the indentations where it's supposed to be. So it's got this weird like 3D effect. The white rabbit. The white rabbit. Robot. 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 <laughs> My favorite white rabbit is uh oh uh, what's his name from um he's an old Disney movie. It's the it's the movie where it's like real animation it's animation and like real life in it. Roger Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Is that Disney, technically? I think it was at the time. They had Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it is. It's got Dumbo in it. I remember the part where Dumbo. Yeah. Yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit? I love that movie. So this is younger. It's about three or four years old, if I remember correctly. Does it? Four years, one month. Wow. It doesn't smell super young, but it does have youngish notes to it. It's very citrus heavy. I was going to say. It's very honey-y, too. Almost like honeysuckle. Very, almost, yeah. Orange orange and honey. Yep. And I'm not just saying that because this label is actually orange, but like it's very like orange peel. Yeah, for sure. Like you've peeled an orange, you know, you got uh, that smell. Um, you know who would like this is your wife in an old-fashioned Oh, she would love that. She loves old fashions, and it's always uh, orange bitters and st- that we use in an orange pill. So I learned about, the, speaking of old fashions, here's another thing I've been drinking recently. Um, 
just keeps popping up throughout the episode. <laughs> uh, we went to, or I, Chad and I went to OBC with uh, Rob and Matt from the Food, Wine, and Whiskey podcast oh. this past weekend, or past week, excuse me. And Chad let me know about this off-the-menu cocktail that they have that I did not know about. It's called the Mastodon. Mastodon? It's a smoked, old-fashioned with bookers. Oh. It's insane. It's so, so good. And, like, that's the only cocktail I want to get whenever I go back there now. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It was terrific. I love that name, too. Oh, me too. It's not a bad nose. It's not. I will say the first the first initial nosing, I was kind of like, whoa, what is that? And yeah. now... It's really honey oranges. Like you, you added that honey in there, and I can definitely get that. It smells like honey and orange peel. There's a little bit of like shortbread cookies in the middle there too. I can see that. Nothing really dark about it. I mean, it's no, all very, it's very bright. bright. Yeah, very yeah. bright and very boisterous. <laughs> boisterous in a way. I like that. Well. The palette. And that's about it on the palette, too. It matches it matches the nose almost to a T. But there's not much finish on this at all. Now, there's there's some like graham crackeriness on the finish now. I get that right up front, almost like a cracker. And it's very very light. Yeah. Almost just like a sprinkle of graham cracker. Mm-hmm. I just wish that finish was a little longer. Yeah, I do too. But it is kind of like a honey covered graham, graham cracker. cracker. I will I will agree hundred percent on that. I think after you go back in, like you get that graham cracker right up front. Very honey. I mean, it's been a while since I've had something that the nose and the palate matched up so much. Yeah. I don't hate this. It's weird because it's like the more I get into this, the more I like it. But it's definitely not a $90 I bottle. Just, well, I think it was like 115 at Total Wine, like their pick. Yeah. Because I saw they had, like, I just, if this was 40 to $50... I would love to go buy more and like compare it to, you know, the picks. Mm -hmm. I just cannot. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I like the fact that this was the first one they did, you know, the, the first line of rollouts yeah. of single barrels. It's cool to have that. I love the way it looks. I like, I like this. It's just not $90 plus tax. No, I think likeable. it's, I think it's missing some, some depth and some complexity. I think that it's safe to say that it's somebody had gone into Party Source and saw a $60 Rebel pick and 120 proof right next to this rabbit hole pick and $90 and 103. Uh, they would probably reach for the, the Rebel yeah. or even the Ezra before they even considered the rabbit hole pick. Now let me let me ask you this. So okay. we're, we've been talking about labels and everything. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's a good marketing strategy. Yeah, I guess you would say because each one of 
there's like five different labels for this pick. They're all the same pick. Yeah. But they've got five different colors, five different artwork on them, everything. People were buying the whole set. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Like, is that like, you know, as far I think it's a great marketing strategy. I think that's super, super cool. I, if I had the money, honestly, I probably would do the same. Right. Just because of how unique that is, how great it would look all lined up as a display piece. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's what? Six different labels? Five different five labels? five or six, yeah. So, you're talking anywhere from, you know, four to $500, basically. If I'm doing my math right. Maybe higher. <laughs> um, that That's... So much money, A, for the same single barrel, which has basically just been relabeled multiple times. That, keeping that in mind, too, that is a production nightmare for the distillery. I mean, think of how many times they have to switch things over so they can get new labels on what is essentially the same bottle with the same product inside. Is that where the cost comes from? I, I would say between that and the fact that this is a custom piece of artwork. I think that's a lot of what you're seeing the cost going into. Going back to the distillery I was talking about earlier, High Bank, they were founded by a guy who is a graphic designer by trade. So he does all of their artwork in-house, right? So it cuts cost dramatically because they're not having to outsource work. So that even with younger product they can sell it at essentially a more appropriate or fair price right yeah even some of their like cast strength three and four year old stuff is still about thirty dollars and i think i read that i mean this was like some big artist that like the i think the owner or the head distiller liked and like they commissioned him to make all these yeah so i mean where if I if they made one that was a Ninja Turtles series <laughs> and this same art style, I'd buy all four of them. I would love to see that. You remember in the, uh, the first Ninja Turtles when he's like, Ninja kick the damn rabbit. <laughs> like this would go perfect with that. I think it looks great. I do too. I, it, it, I think that it has everything going for it. Except for a lack of complexity. In the product that you are actually It's very for. simple, yeah. It's not anything that, you know, you get the nose, you get the palate, and, you know, that's what you have. Yeah, and I, and I still enjoy it. I think that somebody who likes a sweeter profile, and honestly, somebody who would like to use this in a cocktail. This oh, is probably... Like I said, an old-fashioned, this would be nice. Yeah, this would be built for them. And I'm just missing some of... The, the more tannic quality that comes with barrel strength products, I'm missing just darker notes in general. And the bad thing is, it is a single barrel pick. So now it does make me want to try a pick from another store or a yeah. group. So, uh, But that's another $100. I know, that's the thing. Like, hey, you got a sample out there of the rabbit hole pick? I'll trade you this one for that, the one you have, just to compare. Here's the thing, though. They sell so fast. Like, I mean, yeah, people were lining up. Like, there was, everybody was buying them there. Like, like and I I'd, just happened to walk in when they were putting them out. 
I went to Total Wine a couple weeks ago, and I was standing there talking to Chad, and multiple people came up and bought bottles out of their case, like their glass case. Yeah. I came back. I think I had to come back the next day for something. All of them were gone. So there's there is a viability to them on the market, but I just don't think I'm the right person for it. Right. Well, and especially when you got people that want to buy the whole set, you know, that's yeah. five mm-hmm. six bottles right out. You know, it's yep. not a different pick; it's just the same pick. So some people were buying the whole set, and you know, that's a big chunk of it gone right there. Uh, I think essentially a case. Yeah, I think Justin's did one. You, you work it. on that. Get us, get us a little <laughs> Samsky. Get us a Samsky of that one. I'm, I'm gonna have to. We'll I'm trade them some. You can take some of that. I don't care. <sighs> it makes the. Here's the thing. I'm so torn on this. It makes me want to keep trying it. It no no no. I want to keep drinking it too. Yeah. But I don't feel like this is not a product that I feel like I can fully review. Yeah. Right. Because it is a single barrel. Yeah. You know, um, but I think general thoughts about it are it probably is a little bit overpriced for what it is. A lot of what you're paying for is the design of it and trying to pay back who the the artwork was commissioned by. And there are potentially other products that might fit your flavor profile better than this will, especially at a lower price point. This is not a bad product. No. I think it's overpriced just a smidge. I think 30 to $40 overpriced. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, I'm not. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine this? I mean, surely, is this straight? I mean, it's. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's over yeah. two years. Yeah. Oh, I mean, straight from the barrel. Like is, I wonder if they. 103.55. There's, pretty... there's no way they proofed it down. Yeah. They've got a low barrel entry proof anyway. Could you imagine just getting one of those barrels that's just so unique from everything else that just some some barrel that aged a little bit, you know, hotter or something like yeah. that. I you know, that one that one honey barrel or something that somebody just happened to get. Like I could just imagine how great that would be. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my, I guess without trying to put a number to this review is find somebody that might have it. Or go in together. Like, hey. Yeah, exactly. I just don't think that um, for the, the layman, this is a bottle that everybody would be interested in picking up. Yeah. So. I think it's a good art piece. It's good. Oh my goodness! It's it keeps making me want to go back to it, but it's yeah. just not that ninety to one hundred and fifteen dollar good to me. Yeah, absolutely. And but if you love Alice in Wonderland, like it's got awesome art, you could make a good, a uh, good uh, piece on your shelf. The Alice piece was so cool. Oh, she's got like headphones on. Yeah, yeah, it looked really good. I really like that. I want them, Rabbit Hole, if you're listening, I want a Ninja Turtle set of this. Just make all four different... Can you get the Justice League and... Uh, Cowabunga, uh, dudes! The Avengers. <laughs> God, you know, that would... 
Imagine the, carryover from the pregame chats. Could you imagine the selling point if they did a Justice League and an Avengers set? That'd be awesome. Do like warring uh, single barrel picks? Oh. Be fantastic. Hey, Rabbit Hole, if you're listening, we said it first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick them. You can put them out in the store. <laughs> Just allow us to do the barrel picks, yeah. and you guys do all the rest of the work. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, do you want to get into some tips and or bits? Tips and bits. I said it right this time. You did say you it right this last time. Week. I'm very proud of you. Oh. Well done, sir. Well done. You, you know what anything? I've been doing? I've been playing some golf. <laughs> Not something I'm good at at all. Mario Golf. I yeah, I got is you on the, that one. The Super Rush. Super Rush. How on is it? Sweet. Oh, it's so fun. It's very a very simple Mario style golf game. If you yeah. have the Nintendo Switch, if anybody's played Mario Golf on the sixty four, very similar. There was a game on PlayStation back PlayStation one and two, I believe. Hot Shots Golf. Mm-hmm. Me and my friends would have tournaments on hot shot hot shots golf. Just cartoony characters, special shots. It reminds me so much of hot shots golf. So if anybody else out there you've played hot shots golf or Mario 64 golf, you're gonna love this. I mean, they have their special, you know, power shots, short games. It's fun. So I would say pick that up if you enjoy golf or if you enjoy Mario-style golf or you just need a new game to play. So one of the YouTubers that I watch pretty regularly, his name's Curtis Connor, he did a few months ago, four months ago, he tried to break a, a world record speed run on a game. And I don't know if it was Hot Shot or not, but it was a golf game okay. on the 64. <laughs> but he he just played it for days and days and days, hours and hours, trying to break the speed run on it and actually beat the world record. Uh, and it's like a 40-minute video on YouTube. <sighs> but it's it's engaging. I mean, like it's fun and funny to watch, and yeah. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I, I've been kind of on the fence about whether or not to pick up uh, Super Rush. So I might I'll let you to- borrow it. Try it out. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm down. I don't have a lot of physical games, but if you want to borrow something, you can as well. well you don't have to re-borrow. We're just friends. How did you like, um, have you read through it yet, Spider-Man Life Story? I read the first issue. How'd you like fr- it? Oh, I'm hooked. Like, it was one of those, I, I read it at the wrong time because I didn't have enough time to keep going. Yeah. Because it, it made me want to keep reading the next issue. And with comic books, that's always the thing. Like, yeah, those first couple issues, if I don't feel like reading the second issue, then I'm almost turned off from the series. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I'll have to just power through to get to good parts. But this first issue, I was, I was ready to read the second one. That cliffhanger. Yeah. In the first issue is incredible and i will say the second issue ramps things up to such a degree that you honestly you are not ready for what what happens about halfway through that issue i mean it's it is 
maybe the best way to tell one of the most famous Spider-Man stories of all time. That's awesome. Um, I'll, I'll recommend a comic book as well, or a comic storyline. The Department of Truth, which I don't know if you've ever heard of before. I have seen images and heard. I've not read it. So it's by James Tinian IV, who has written Batman mm-hmm. most recently. And it's through Image Comics, and it's all based around the conceit of conspiracy theories. And the the general mindset of it is conspiracy theories exist to a degree because people believe in them enough to make them reality. They believe them into existence. Basically. Yes. Yeah. And to the point where the the first issue opens up within the first few pages of this FBI agent talking about how he got intercepted by this conspiracy theory group and he was shown footage that proved that the moon landing was faked. He shows footage. He, he gets to go see the edge of the world, proving that it, the, the world is flat, which is insane. Right. But it's it's all because people believe that it's true. And the Department of Truth exists to keep people from finding out things like that or from allowing these these theories to develop to the point of reality. Right. It's incredible. It sounds great. Speaking of cliffhangers too, the first issue ends with something that absolutely made my, my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> like I, I read it and I was like, there's, there's no way this is how this story is going. And that's something that you don't get a whole lot in comics because yeah. you've read so many or, you know, if you're a new comic reader, it may be like that way. But like like us, I feel like we've read so much that it's hard to get a story that we haven't seen recycled or yeah. used again. And I mean, this this is a good way to get people to read something that they might enjoy for a different reason. Not because it might, you know, play on their beliefs or play on something that they find to be true but something that they might have at least enough of an interest in to where it's not like superheroes and it's not, you know, the the general understanding of what comic books are or who they pertain to. I mean, it's bonkers. <laughs> I love bonkers. It's really, really good stuff. It's really crazy. Um, it's everything is available on Comixology at the moment. I mean, the first issue or the first volume is in print and in digital, but it's so compelling. Like I I'm about seven or eight issues in and I'm just ready to get back to it. So good, dude. So good. I got one more. Yeah, go for it. Buy your kids birthday presents that you will play with when they're at school. My son got a Nerf gun that is bigger (laughs) than me. And I was setting up cups and stuff, and I was shooting it through the living room. Did did you all have a switch before this weekend? Yeah, we've or, had a switch. For, okay, yeah. okay, cool. I didn't know if that was a yeah. And he got a new controller for a switch, and I've always wanted to use one of the wireless like handheld controllers for TV. Yeah, when it's docked, and it's awesome too. So while he's in school, that's I'm shooting Nerf guns, and I'm using his switch controller. So that's a good tip if you have kids. Productive adult stuff. Bomb stuff that you want to play with when they're in school. Man, there's a whole bunch of stuff you got to play on the switch now. Oh, I know. 
Oh, this rabbit hole's opened up nicely. Keep going back to I it. know, dude. It's such an easy sipper at 103. It is. Anyway, we should probably get out of here. Probably. Thank you all so much for listening this week. Eric, do people know where to find you on social media? If they don't, you can find me at Whiskey Mutant on Instagram. And you can uh, find me at Pirator1492 on all social media channels. The show itself is at My Bourbon Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. You can send questions or comments to thisismybourbonshop at gmail.com. Eric is still waiting for somebody to call into barrel rings. I want a barrel ring segment. Somebody talk to me on the barrel rings. 859-428-8253. We'll listen to your voicemail live on air. Not live on air, but you you get it. You understand the conceit. Nice flow. Nowhere to go. <laughs> uh, YouTube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. Please subscribe. We are getting super duper close to a thousand subs. Might not be the right place to promote it but still go friggin just tell people about it please tell people about it i've 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 made a a uh sample pack for a giveaway when perry hits a thousand (laughs) that i'm just waiting to send to somebody okay with bated breath uh and then last but not least patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month you can help support the show for as little as five bucks a month you get a bunch of bonus content including early access to videos and the pregame chats which come out every week before the main episode. There's a lot of secret information on the pregame chats, I'll tell you that. Lots of lots of stuff that you need to you need to tune into so that you can, you know, keep up to date <laughs> with things. You uh, may get a pick. You may get exclusive access to a pick too. You might. We got a new Patreon subscriber as well. Join during our Thursday night live stream. Known on the bourbon tubes, the whiskey tubes, as Tully Weeds. Mr. Jacob. Thank you so much Thanks, for joining Jacob. the Patreon. Uh, we're getting close to 100 patrons as well. It'd be cool if we could break that soon. Anyway, lots of uh, lots of goals we're trying to reach. That does it for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. But until then, I'm Perry. I'm Eric. And this is my Bourbon Podcast. <laughs>